You are Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Another day, another episode here on Locked On Bearcats. Thank you for making us your first listen of every day. My name is Alex Frank, where today's episode is presented by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to NetSuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. And I want to start today with some basketball talk. I know that there is still a lot of fallout from the college football playoff, but I'm going to tie in um, this basketball segment into another topic I have for today. And that is, is Cincinnati now a football school? Like what is your level of excitement right now for Bearcats basketball, is it as exciting as it's been in years past? Is it maybe a little lower because you're more focused on what's going on with the football program, which there's more news that came out today, or I'm sorry, yesterday, that impacts today, and there's still going to be players deciding whether or not to return or enter the NFL draft, which the deadline for underclassmen to do so is next Monday. So there's a lot happening there. But basketball, Bearcats basketball, they got a big win last night over a an ECU team that, at least for now, is much improved compared to years past. Cincinnati beat them 79-71. Uh, Jeremiah Davenport, once again, was spectacular. Second straight game scoring over 20 points, 22 points, 8 rebounds last night. Overall, a good night for Cincinnati. And... I, I think we're starting to see some things that we need to see if this Bearcats team is going to get to where they want to go. They're playing better offensively. They have had two really good offensive showings so far this week. At Memphis on, on Sunday, which, let's be honest, the last time the Bearcats went into Memphis, they scored 46 points. This time around, they scored 80. Memphis is a tough place to play. And you look at some Cincinnati-Memphis games over the years, you would know that to be true. You know that as a Bearcats fan. Memphis has always given the Bearcats problems. It doesn't matter how good they are or if they're not as good as some years. They always give the Bearcats problems. And they have over the last few seasons. Memphis has gotten the best of Cincinnati. Sunday, the Bearcats led by a point in in the final minute. They ended up giving up eight straight points. But the bigger theme here is the win last night over ECU continued two trends that need to be continued if this Bearcats team is going to get to where it wants to go. Shooting and scoring. And those are kind of intertwined, but... You're seeing the Bearcats are scoring more, and they're shooting better from three. And those are two areas that the Bearcats have historically struggled. But you look at the previous two games. You look at the game last night against DCU. Cincinnati shot 28 of 59 from the field. That's 47.5%. They were 8 of 22 from three. Jeremiah Davenport, by the way, hit three. He has made 10 threes in his last two games. And someone like him, who you look at him and you say, okay, he can be a good three-point shooter. Yes, 
he needs to step up from three-point shooting if the Bearcats are going to get to where they want to go. But this team's identity still runs through its defense. They forced eight. They forced eight steals last night. They had they had seven blocks. They also thrive on their ability to not turn the ball over and force other teams to turn the ball over. Last night, the Bearcats only had 12 turnovers to 17 assists. East Carolina had 15 to 15. So, there is... This team is going to have to... This team's margin for error, like I've said, is very slim. But if they're able to score, which they were up 49-29 at the half. The first half might have been the best half of basketball they've played all season. This was an ECU team... And I heard Wes Miller say this before the game. He said that, you know, ECU is a very strong offensive team. You hold a strong offense to 29 points in the first half. I don't care if it's at home or on the road. You're doing something right. Bearcats, by the way, play at at ECU on January 30th. They host Memphis, who they lost to on Sunday, on Thursday, February 3rd. What we're seeing with Cincinnati is this team still wants to be defined by their defense. They want to be defined by the way they play on that end of the floor. That's fine. Unfortunately, when it comes to the month of March, and we have seen this, UCLA won a game, won an Elite Eight game last year in the NCAA tournament was scoring 51 points. They had to score 90 just to nearly force double overtime in the Final Four against Gonzaga. Even teams, though, that play, and UCLA last year was a really good defensive team. But one thing they were able to do was they were able to score when they had to, to win or to compete in the later rounds of the NCAA tournament. Historically, Cincinnati has not done that. Now, we go to Sunday's game in Memphis. Memphis is an interesting team because I do think they are better than their record shows. And the Bearcats held their own. The Bearcats held their own against a really good Memphis team that can go ridiculously deep with the the talent they have. When you look at the box score from that game, obviously what's going to stand out to you is Jeremiah Davenport shooting 7 of 10 from 3, scoring 21 points. But it's not just that. Here's what I liked about Sunday. The scoring came, you had four double-digit scores. And the Bearcats shooting three, 16 of 30. Three different players hit three or more threes. Davenport, Micah Adams-Woods, who has been really good of late, and John Newman the third. John Newman's picked up offensively. See, here's what I think is going to happen with this Bearcats team. And this is what I like what I'm seeing. They are continually getting better. Let's be honest. The first half of the game against Tulane on New Year's Day was awful. Flat out awful. But they have been really good since then. 2-1, and one, their only loss coming at Memphis, which there is no shame in losing there. That was a very tough environment. That was a very tough place to play. And the Bearcats were down 10 in the first half, and they did not blink. You had David and Julius and Micah Adams-Woods dish out six assists each. You only turn the ball, they've only turned the ball over 10 times. Mike Saunders Jr. had three assists off the bench. 
And I'm looking at rebounds. The Bearcats at 31. Yes, Memphis at 41. If you get out-rebounded by 10, chances are you're not going to win. But yet the Bearcats were right there in the end to do so. And that is what is going to ultimately be a deciding factor in whether or not they win games. If they can be a good rebounding team, which historically they are, then this Bearcats team is going to win some games. But the big overall takeaways from the last two games are this. The Bearcats are scoring, and they're shooting better. If Jeremiah Davenport continues to play like this, he's going to be first-team all-conference. He could be player of the year. If the Bearcats' front court can continually out-rebound the other team's front court, if Mike Saunders Jr. can continually dish out assists, he had eight in the win last night against East Carolina. If this team just continually comes together, plays as a sum of their parts, and masks their deficiencies, which there are a lot. This I don't know if this team can consistently score and shoot from three. But if they play hard on the defensive end, Wes Miller said something really interesting after the game last night on the 700 WLW postgame show. Wes Miller said, when they turn that switch on, that light switch on, they, he said they can be a really good team that can beat any team in the country. And we saw that in the Hall of Fame Classic in Kansas City back in November. And playing in this conference, it's not easy. Sunday at Wichita State, it's, it's never easy going there. We'll see what happens when the Bearcats go there Sunday. More on men's basketball and whether or not... This is still a basketball school at the University of Cincinnati. Also in the final segment today, a conversation I had with Peter Bukowski from Locked On Today. You'll hear that. And I promise it's so, uh, tomorrow, Friday, show Desmond Britter top 10 career games. And of course, we'll talk about who's coming back from football. A huge returning. We didn't know if he was going to return or not, but he is going to be an immense help to whomever is going to be the Bearcats' starting quarterback. All that next on Lockdown Bearcats. All right, so this is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Because of poor visibility? Because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? Well, to see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. NetSuite with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of survey businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite for the new year. They have a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash locked. It's NetSuite.com slash locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash locked. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Alex Frank here with you. Some major news 
uh, coming yesterday out of the football program, and that is tight end Josh Wiley is going to return for his senior season. This could not be better news for Cincinnati. A player who has six touchdowns in each of the last two seasons. That is who the next Bearcats quarterback is going to have at their disposal next season. In addition to Leonard Taylor. In addition to Tyler Scott. In addition to Trey Tucker. The only major player that the Bearcats are losing from the skill group is Alec Pierce. That is a big loss. But still, a lot of other quarterbacks who take over for programs the following season would kill I think, to have the weapons that the Bearcats are going to have. Josh Wiley is another example, and you'll hear this in my conversation with Peter Bukowski in the third segment from Lockdown Today. Josh Wiley is an example of a player who, co who, comes to a who comes to Cincinnati and develops over the course of four seasons. Josh Wiley only had two receptions in his first season. He had 28 in 2020 and 26 last year. Josh Wiley has 353 and 332 receiving yards, respectively, in the last two years. 12 touchdown passes in the last two years. Here's another Cincinnati native who came to the Bearcats and has developed into an NFL-caliber tight end. And in a program that has churned out its tight ends over the years, like we talked about on Tuesday's show, that gives him the opportunity to continue to develop and raise his draft stock if he chooses to go pro for the 2023 draft and it also gives Ben Bryant or Evan Prater or whoever the starting quarterback is going to be a really good weapon particularly in the red zone so uh, by the way um it is Mick I'm sorry by the way it the the transfer from Hawaii the transfer from Hawaii uh his name is Nick Mardner and his stats, like I mentioned, Alec Pierce leaving is a big loss. But Nick Martiner comes in with 46 receptions, 913 yards, and 5 touchdowns for the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors last year. That is really good production. And that is going to, I believe, immensely help the Bearcats next year. And if, if you're thinking about expectations for next year, I don't know how good the Bearcats are going to be. I think they will win 10 games at least. I think they can win 11 games, if not 12 or 13. Could that mean they get back to the college football playoff? I don't know. And now that you're a program that has been to the college football playoff, are you going to expect them to be in the conversation every year for? The college football playoff is still so exclusive to teams like Alabama, Georgia, and Clemson. But if you can be a program, and I heard Bill Cunningham say this yesterday. And Bill Cunningham, he will hype up every sports team in the city. But he said something, and that's a good thing. I have no problem with that, by the way. I have no problem with someone who will come on, come on the airwaves and hype up any team in the city, especially the Bearcats. He said something really interesting, though. If Cincinnati can be like Oklahoma, think about Oklahoma. Every year they're in the conversation for the college football playoff. They may not make it every year, but they're always in the conversation. I said this on a show earlier. We get lost in what Joe Burrow and LSU did to Oklahoma in 2019. 
We get lost in what Alabama and Clemson and Georgia are doing, particularly Alabama and their three national championships in the playoff era and uh, six national championship game appearances in the last seven uh, playoffs, whatever. We forget that Oklahoma made the college football playoff with three, three straight years with three different starting quarterbacks. That is hard to do. So if if Cincinnati is, is like Oklahoma, is in the conversation every year for the playoff, is playing for conference championships, is playing for New Year's Six Bowls, I think you would take that. Like I said, it's it, the playoff is still ex- exclusive to certain teams, and especially being a group of five team. I know they're moving to the Big 12, Cincinnati, in a few years. I know that. But what I also understand is it is hard to make the playoff. Ohio State has made the playoff four times in eight years. Just four. And there have only twice have they advanced. One time they got their doors absolutely blown off. So even a team like Ohio State, who traditionally is a name brand program, a blue blood, eh, they've been left out of the playoff twice in in years where they thought they could have made it. Hell, this year, they're left out of the playoff outside of 10-2. And, and until the playoff gets expanded, that's how it's going to be. It's going to be exclusive to Alabama and Georgia. And Clemson, maybe, if they can get back next year. If you're Cincinnati, with all that, you're, with all that you have returning to this year's roster, especially with the addition of Josh Wiley, Jeremy Cooper announced he's coming back on the offensive line. James Tunstall's coming back. This is all major news. You're going to have every starter back on your offensive line. You're going to have both your tight ends back. You're going to have Tyler Scott and Trey Tucker still here. You have a transfer coming in and Nick Mardner. And you're going to have potentially a quarterback who is respected in Ben Bryant. I'm not saying Prater's not. I'm saying Ben Bryant is respected because he has some experience. And a history within this program. Prater may have respect. I'm not denying that. Prater has respect. Or I'm not saying Prater doesn't have respect. But Ben Bryant has history within this program. And that's why I give him the leg up right now to win the starting quarterback job. He's going to have a very good cast of weapons to throw the ball to. So, I was thinking about this. And my question to you is... What is your level of interest right now in Bearcats basketball? Because for me, yes, it's there, but I'm more so interested in what's happening in football. See, this is what happens, too. When you become a program that I believe is a football school, and you make the the college football playoff, Everything that happens between now, between the end of the season and the start of the next season, is scrutinized. That is the way it works. College football, there is so much that can happen. And I think we are now transitioning, and maybe you feel this too, we are now transitioning at the University of Cincinnati to a football school where basketball is not as prevalent as it once was. I'm not saying it's not prevalent at all. It absolutely is. When I when I first my first two years at Cincinnati, you could not wait for basketball season. 
because the football program was still just on the come up. Bearcats basketball was, in 2018, we thought was a Final Four caliber team. We all know what happened there. But 2019, Jaron Cumberland took over the, the team and the program, and you had sellouts the entire last month of the season. That is what you want to see with men's basketball. But there haven't been large crowds yet this season. Outside of Georgia, there have not been many large crowds. And I, I, I'm wondering if that's because of the success that the, that the football program has had. And all across America, football is king when it comes to sports. And now that the Bearcats have been to the college football playoff, perhaps we're at a period where the University of Cincinnati is a football first school. A football school first. Maybe we are there. And at this time of year, we're going to worry more about who's returning and who's entering the NFL draft in football as opposed to what's happening with men's basketball. Maybe that's... Is that where we're getting? Do you feel that way? Because I do feel that way. And like, I, I love college basketball. The month of March is like a month a month long Christmas for me. With March Madness. And especially when the University of Cincinnati's in. The NCAA tournament, which they could be this year. I love the month of March. But but now I feel like instead of anticipating the month of March coming, we're already looking forward to the next football season. It's a massive transition. And I think moving and moving to the Big 12 has a lot to do with it. The success of this year of going to the college football playoff and getting the taste of that exclusivity and the pageantry that comes with that. Times are changing. And they've been changing perhaps for the last few years. More on that with my conversation with Lockdown Today's Peter Bukowski next on Lockdown Bearcats. But first, Bearcats fans, I need to tell you about an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, GetUpside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up, and you can download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code SCORE and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. So that's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Some people who drive a lot are making as much to 2 as 2 to 300 dollars a month in cash back. And there's no catch because the cash back gets added right to your account. So you can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE for up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year, a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code. Locked on to get started. 
From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Alex Frank here with you. And I tell you, you heard in that live read, Bet Online, as we continue our march to the playoffs, uh, AT&T Stadium, where the Bearcats were for the college football playoff just two weeks ago, they are hosting a, uh, the Cowboys are hosting a playoff game this Sunday that I cannot wait for. It is the game I'm looking forward to the most outside of the Bengals game this week. And that is the Cowboys hosting the 49ers. That is going to be a really fun game. It's two iconic franchises, 10 Super Bowls between those two teams combined. And it's a throwback to the 1990s where those two teams competed for conference championships seemingly every year. So that is the one game in addition to the Bengals I'm looking forward to the most. And we talk about, you know, this city. Like, yeah, Bearcats basketball is happening right now. And they're, and they're playing much better offensively. But when you have what the Bearcats did in football this year and the offseason and what's going to happen going into, into 2022, the quarterback battle, like Cincinnati campus-wide is becoming a college football campus. And the city as a whole, when you look at what the Bearcats did in football this year and you look at what the Bengals are doing with Joe Burrow, it's becoming a football town. And, like, this city's buzzing for this playoff game Saturday. I, I, I tell you, you listen to sports talk, and Lance McAllister's calling it Bengals sports talk this week, which he hasn't done as far back as I can remember. And you can feel the buzz with football in this city. And you felt it all throughout the fall. Bearcats by Saturday, Bengals by Sunday. That's how this, this city was working. And it was fun, man. I mean, it's been fun. It's going to continue to be that way, hopefully. Anyway, speaking of that, I, I, I mentioned this in my conversation with Lockdown Today host Peter Bukowski, um, that what the Bearcats did this year, I, I believe, has transitioned them into being a football school first. And uh, here is our conversation in its entirety about that and uh, about recruiting and what making the college football playoff has done for the Bearcats football program. Take a listen. The Cincinnati Bearcats did not get the outcome they were looking for in the college football playoff, but just being there may well be enough moving forward. Joining me now from Locked On Bearcats, Alex Frank. And Alex, this is a, a Cincinnati program that Luke Fickle has taken to new heights here. And, and although they, they lost to Alabama, uh, they, they showed relatively well. What do you think this means for these non-Power 5 programs moving forward? Was this a, a potential uh, tide-changing event for Cincinnati? I think so, Peter, because it, it showed that a group of five team can make the college football playoff. And it, it showed that if you're a team, if you're a program that builds for years and years, like Cincinnati has done... They've won 10 or more games in three of the past four seasons. I think it would be four straight had it not been for the trunketed 2020 season. If you can build a program that's consistent, if you can build a program that schedules well out, out of conference, 
and you're able to win all your games and win a conference championship, and you're you're able to get some breaks, which there was chaos this year in college football, as we know, then absolutely it's possible for a group of five team can make the college football playoff. And I go back to the, the, the college football playoff, as Luke Robinson from Lockdown Bama alluded to me, is exclusive. It's exclusive to teams like Bama, like Georgia, like Clemson. And Cincinnati was able, as a group of five teams, Cincinnati, a city and a school that predominantly has been either on a citywide baseball, though I would say it's a football town, and a school that has been predominantly basketball, now it might be a football school. That's what Cincinnati proved this year. You mentioned the building part of this. It takes recruiting and it it takes player development. The Bearcats... They might have a couple high picks in this in this draft. Um, you've got the best nickname in the draft, Sauce. Desmond Ritter uh, has a chance to, to hear his name called early. It takes having the players, too. And, and if one of these group of five schools can recruit, then that, that starts to level the playing field as well. Then you have a chance to compete in some of these big games. right? Like You need the talent at some point. And the Bearcats, Peter, that's a great point because they do have that talent. And the one thing that I've, I've thought about the Bearcats and what makes this program so unique is because for years up until 2021, Cincinnati was not on a lot of draft analysts, draft insiders, scouts, radars, because unfortunately as a group of five school, that's just the way it goes. But what that allows, but the, what that allows a program to do is to develop players like Desmond Ritter, like Sauce Gardner, like Myjay Sanders, like Alec Pierce. It allows them to stay for four years or five or maybe more than that and develop them into what we're going to see with Ritter and, and Gardner as first-round draft picks. It, this is not a school like a Florida State or a Power 5 school where you go for just two years and then you're on to the NFL draft. No. Cincinnati is a school that, and this is in basketball too, where you're not just one and done. You have the ability to be developed without being on so many people's draft radars. I mean, Ritter was on people's draft radars after the 2020 season, but he decided to come back. That's the benefit of being at a school like Cincinnati, and I hope that continues once they move into the Big 12. You mentioned Florida State. It is inarguable. Cincinnati has been a better program over the last five years than Florida State. And at a certain point, you have to think that that's going to matter to recruits. That, oh, Cincinnati can be in these big games. Oh, they have this really good coach and, and this this program and culture. Why wouldn't I want to go there versus this other place where, yeah, I might win seven games. Yeah, and that's a great point there. And, and I just mentioned Florida State just because that came to mind. But it, it's interesting because this program, Peter, they have they – have strong ties in Florida. And no longer is Florida State and Florida the predominant school, I think, that recruits want to go to in Florida. UCF is drawing a lot of recruits, which that's good for UC going to the Big 12 because they're going to have a very good opponent in UCF, as they have had over the years. But also, I, I think about the point of recruits wanting to come to Cincinnati. It has now been proven that you can go to Cincinnati and play in championship games, you can play in the college football playoff. Once you make the college football playoff, I think now it changes the whole perception of the school. See, normally around this time, Peter, in Cincinnati, fans, students, alumni, they're focusing on basketball. 
I don't think that's the case around here. There's the fallout from the college football playoff. There's the intense watch of who's coming back, who's entering into the NFL draft. And if you're a recruit in Ohio, if you're a recruit in Kentucky, if you're in what Luke Fickle calls the state of Cincinnati, anywhere in that radius within the, within the school, no longer are you just going to immediately make your decision to hopefully go up I-71 to that team up there in Ohio State. No, you're going to seriously consider going to Cincinnati, even if you're not a, a five, even if you're a four or five star recruit, Evan Prater, hopefully he gets that opportunity. The recruiting is off the charts and Luke Fickle has built this program into, into a program that is a contender to win a conference championship and a program that now can go anywhere and beat anybody. Peter, they beat Notre Dame this past year. Notre Dame's last loss at home prior to that was in 2017 against Georgia. I'll just I'll leave with that that question with that answer. All right, that's going to do it for me today here on Lockdown Bearcats. Thank you again for making us your first listen of every day. Until we talk to you tomorrow on Friday, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. You can follow me on Instagram as well, AlexFrank9 underscore. And you can also email me at Alex3FrankieGmail.com. That's all lowercase, Alex the number 3, Frank at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. What do you think? How invested are you in Bearcats basketball right now? Do you think that this is a, ba- a football school first now? What, what do you think about what football, what Bearcats football accomplished this past season? what you like about the men's basketball team right now and what they've done so far, and just your overall thoughts on the Bearcats, the athletic program, moving to the Big 12. Whatever your thoughts, DM me on Twitter or Instagram or email me, and we'll talk. Um, Thank you again for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen of every day. Now stay tuned to make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q. With expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, it's free and available on all platforms. Until we talk to you tomorrow on Friday, make today, make this Thursday a Bearcat day.